Today's episode of Darkness Radio is brought to you by Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. With the busy fall season just around the corner, look for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Head to factormeals.com slash darkness50 and use code darkness50 to get 50% off on upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. That's code darkness50 at factormeals.com slash darkness50 to get 50% off. Welcome in, everybody, to the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. Boy, have we got a good show for you today. We got an old friend stopping by. We're going to talk about a brand new book that's out there and a book I think you're all going to be excited about. John Russell's our guest. We're going to talk about 20 ways to increase your psychic abilities. Everybody out there either has visited a psychic at one time or another or has wished they had that psychic ability that they could sit back and just predict themselves away or that they could make contact with the other side. Is it a blessing or a curse? Maybe we'll talk about that today. And if you want to actually tap into that piece of yourself, maybe you're sitting at home going, you know what? I do want to become Psychic Tim. I do want to tap into some of this stuff. I think I have that gift and I'm just on that precipice and I want to... uh, just push that little boundary there and, and get into it. We'll talk about what it takes today to, to get into that. And we'll tell you how you can get a hold of John's book. And we'll, uh, we'll go into some other areas today as well. You know, John also has another book that he's looking at getting out there. We'll tell you how you can help him get that book out there. It's called The Crying Tree and the Magic Rock. And we'll talk about that project as well. Let's bring him in right now, our good friend, John Russell. John, how you doing? Uh, Tim, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me back. I'm doing well. Looking forward to our show today, as always. We always have a good time. Yes, indeed, my friend, we do. Um, you know, let's just start it out with this. Uh, there's there's, uh, there's a lot of people out there that, that say to themselves, you know, oh, I think I'm an empath, or oh, John, you know, I think I, 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 think I have the gift. Right. Where is the drawing line? I'm going to throw this right out there. I'm going to get controversial right away. Where <laughs> is the drawing line between true psychic and imagination? Well, you know, we all have psychic abilities to a degree. And that's the catchphrase, to a degree. Okay. And the analogy that I always give is like, I could take piano lessons for five years and do well to play chopsticks. And someone with a native ability at five years old can sit down and play Beethoven and goes on to become a a concert pianist that plays with such skill and emotion that it brings tears to our eyes. And it's the same way in the psychic realm. We're all psychic to a degree. Every now and then, everybody has that, oh, I need a parking space. I need a parking space. So I felt the urge to drive this way. And all of a sudden, the car backed out and there was my parking space or the phone's ringing and I bet that's Uncle Tom. And sure enough, it was Uncle Tom on the phone. Everybody has that occasionally, but it's not consistent. 
<laughs> now, a professional psychic such as myself, I've read professionally for over 50 years now. And for a professional such as myself, that type of thing has to be on all the time, all day long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week in perpetuity. And that's the difference. And the reason I wrote this new book, 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities, is because over the years I had had so many of my clients ask me, John, how can I improve my psychic abilities? How can I get better? How can I experience some of this for myself? How can I activate my intuition? How can I perceive the future? And how can I uh, do some things to make things happen that I want them to? And so over the years, when I read for my clients, I would teach them things, just the abbreviated version during the reading, that the other side has taught me over the years. Okay. So these are things that have come to me directly from the other side. These are not things that I learned from somebody else or that I uh, copied from somebody else or whatever. These are things the other side has taught me, and I know they work. Mm. So I would, I would teach these things in an abbreviated manner during the readings to my clients. And as the years went by, I thought, you know, I really need to sit down and I need to write these things out in, in depth and length and present this to people that are wanting to learn these things. And so I took 20 techniques. Now, I had somebody ask me the other day, you know, could, could you have gone 30, 40, 50? Well, yeah, I could have. But all of these techniques are quality, mm -hmm. number one. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't worried about quantity. I was worried about quality over quantity. And the techniques that are in there are things that cover a wide spectrum of um, of gifts and abilities and things that people are going to want to learn to exercise and want to learn to do. And what I did writing this book, you can have absolutely no knowledge at all, think you're as thick as a brick, not sensitive at all, and it doesn't matter. I'm going to take you. I'm going to lead you by the hand, okay, step by step, and show you exactly what to do for the 20 different techniques in this book. And for an example, the very first chapter in the book is psychometry. Yep. I define it for you. I tell you exactly step by step how to learn it, how to practice it, how to get good at it, and then the real world application of it. Ah. So for every chapter in this book, there's 20 different techniques ranging from psychometry to candle magic to seances to Ouija boards to scrying with a crystal ball to uh, attracting the perfect mate. And in each one of these chapters, I tell you what I'm teaching you. I define it for you and I take you by the hand, lead you through it step by step, tell you exactly how to learn it and how to practice it to get good at it. Now, I'm already getting feedback from the book. The book is out. Mm -hmm. You can get it online at Amazon. You can get it at Barnes & Noble, Books Million, several other places. And I'm already getting feedback from people that have read the book. And the greatest thing there's like, oh, and I have to, I, I got to back up a little bit. I'm getting ahead sure. of myself. Go ahead. The other thing I wanted to do in writing this book was strip away the gobbledygook surrounding psychic development and magical techniques okay. because everybody's familiar with, you know, well, man, I'd, I'd like to learn to do this, but 
I, I have to shave my hair and wear, wear purple and go cut a willow branch on the third full moon of the year at midnight <laughs> and chant these special words. And I got to have grave dust and I got to have this. No, you don't. And that's the beauty of this book. I stripped away all the rigmarole, all the gobbledygook, all the dogma, all the ritual, all the tradition, and got down to the brass tacks of this works. Here's how it works. Here's why it works. And here's why it's going to work for you. So I did that. And the feedback is already coming in. People are telling me, you know, you did just what you said. You stripped away all the confusion. You stripped away all the complexity and you made it simple and easy to understand and easy to learn. And the other feedback that I'm getting is people have said, you know, I've always wanted to increase my abilities, but I was a little scared. I was a little afraid. I I didn't know if I would conjure something up that would throw things out of control or this and the other. And they said, you know, I've learned through your writing and through your teaching in this book, 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities. I've learned that I don't have to fear that. I don't have to fear developing my psychic power, and I don't have to fear anything going wrong. So that's the best feedback that I could get off this book because that's exactly what I set out to do for people. You just said something really key here, John. Let's go down that road real quick, shall we, my friend? And that's this. The gobbledygook and the, the uh, how should we put it, the negative connotations of going down right. certain psychic roads. Right, right. I don't want to use the D word here, but I'm going to. Demons. Um, demons. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 talk about the negative connotations of some of the right. the work, right. and maybe even a, a, the, some of the things that are in some of the chapters in the in the in the book that some religious sects may say. Mm, I don't know that you want to go down that road, John, because yeah. there yeah. are some negative things that can come out of this. Why is it? In your opinion, if we strip away some of the gobbledygook, that the demons don't come with it, even if you strip that away. Right, right. Well, you know, we've talked about this before, and you've heard me say a jillion times that, you know, we live in an age right now of demon hunters and demon chasers, and it's demon this, and it's demon that. And if you sneeze, you got a demon. And if your tire went flat, you got a demon. And if you wake up in the middle of the night worried about your taxes, you got a demon. Everything is is all this demon nonsense. And in my experience, I've had way, way, way over a thousand physical paranormal manifestations in my life. A lot of times other people have witnessed these manifestations. We've recorded them on film. Uh, we videotaped them, we've caught them on camera, we've we've audio recorded them, so on and so forth. And all of this, I've not had a negative experience. I've not had a demonic experience. Mm-hmm. I've never conjured anything or attracted anything that I couldn't control or that was harmful or whatever. The problem that we have, we have a knee-jerk reaction, and I think it's all religions, but Christianity in particular, we have this knee-jerk reaction that if it happens in the church while I'm sitting in the pew with the Bible open, it's okay. If it happens outside the church, it's malevolent, it's satanic, it's demonic, it's going to lead me astray or whatever, which is the furthest thing from the truth that there is. The Bible is full of the paranormal. There's floating iron axe heads. There's talking animals. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. all kinds of marvelous paranormal there's burning bushes 
that don't burn up. The flame just does not consume the bush. And, you know, on and on and on and on. So it's okay if it's within the context of what's there. If it's outside of that context, then it's bad. Then it's evil, then it's no good. And that's the way we've been taught. So that's our default reaction. That's where we go. One of the things that people will have a knee-jerk reaction about is the Ouija board. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I have a whole chapter on how to use the Ouija board in this book. And Mm -hmm. I explain to people, I say, look, for one thing, talking boards or some facsimile thereof have been around forever and a day. Yes. People have used these things forever and a day. Yes. And the thing that you have to understand about the Ouija board, oh, Ouija board, Ouija board, oh, going to open a portal, oh, going to get a demon, oh, going to attract something. Yeah, 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 yeah. What people never stop to think and understand is that, Tim, when you're using a Ouija board, you're using the exact same spiritual motive power to connect with an intelligent being, the other side, some energy or whatever, as you're using when you're reading a tarot card deck, gazing into a crystal ball, using dowsing rods, using a pendulum, (laughs) using any of these things, it's the exact same motive energy. And you cannot argue with me on that. It is. I've studied this forever today. This has been my experience for over 50 years. I've read professionally. I've had all these experiences. I've studied everything there is on the planet in depth. You're using the exact same energy in the exact same manner as if you were reading tarot cards or using dowsing rods or anything else. It's just the Ouija board has this bad rap. Where does the bad rap come from? Primarily movies like The Exorcist. We have this bizarre thing in the spiritual realm where we look at horror movies and we think that's the reality of interacting with the paranormal realm. Mm -hmm. And it's not. And what I teach people in this book, one of the things I teach people is how to connect with your spirit guides, your guardian angels, so on and so forth, so that they will help you. They will guide you. They will protect you. They will help you to connect with good things. And that's the reality of the spiritual realm. People are so confused and so scared that they're afraid to connect with anything spiritual when in reality, we need that now more than ever. We need spiritual guidance. We need input from the other side. We need these spiritual intelligences or guardian angels, spirit guides. We need those to come and speak to us and help us and to guide us. And we need that more than ever. So there's nothing to be afraid of here. And unless you're got your pastor beating you over the head with the Bible saying, this isn't in the Bible, this is the devil. That's the only thing to be afraid of. And there's nothing else here that you need to concern yourself with. But John, how would you, and again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Sure, I love the sure. fact that I bring up devil's advocate and a Ouija board in the same sentence. Um, <laughs> but but uh, how would you respond to somebody who says, but John, I understand you say it's all coming from the same energy, but bear with me here. Let me give you an example. Let me compare a a Ouija board with uh, different types of phones, okay? So you've got a corded phone in the wall. You've got a corded phone on a desk. You've got a satellite phone, a a cell phone. Okay, so a satellite phone, a cell phone, a corded phone on the wall, a corded phone on a desk. Right. And um, let me throw one other type of phone here. Uh, One other type of phone. Uh, no, pay phone somewhere. <laughs> and an old pay phone, okay? An so old pay phone. We've got those five different types of phones. Now, the corded phones obviously are, are old analog phones. Right. 
there's a there's a chance of some crosstalk there, but the crosstalk has to happen at a certain junction. Okay, right. it can can be easily you know figured out by a phone company. Sure. Uh, the satellite phone, sure, there can be some crosstalk, but that has to happen up in the sky with a satellite, right. and that can be right. easily figured out by a satellite company. Correct. But the cell phone is the Ouija board, John. <laughs> the cell phone is the is the Ouija board, and the cell phone's a little more dangerous because that's RF talk, and that's mm-hmm. easy to crosstalk. I can interfere with your cell phone at any time, and right. that's where the demon can come in, John. That's where the demon RF can come in, and it can crosstalk with you on that Ouija board that you're talking on. Right. Right? right. Now, it, you can't argue with me on that one, can you, John? Oh, absolutely, I can. Oh, okay. Because you have to first assume that there are this, there's this plethora of negative beings and negative energies out there just waiting to jump on everything and just waiting to interfere with everything and just waiting to mislead us and misguide us. And you also have to assume that these powerful, dangerous, malevolent, highly evolved and advanced intelligences can't manipulate a payphone or can't manipulate a corded phone or they can only manipulate the cell phone. They're restricted to that. So taking that analogy further, these highly evolved, super intelligent, super powerful beings that are vastly, vastly evolved and more powerful than us are absolutely stymied by tarot cards or crystal balls or uh, dowsing rods or pendulums, but boy, they can zap into that Ouija board. You know, it just, it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. Very true. Yeah. yeah. I just figured I'd throw that one at you. But <laughs> you pass that test. So th- that brings up another good question. Yes. You know, when we bring up salt and sage to, to, yeah, to yeah. protect... Now, now, I've seen something very interesting. You know, having had the um, the guys from the Legion of Exorcists on, and they had something on their program, which I found very interesting. And I think it was uh, Reverend Scott Johnson who was talking about how sage can backfire and how it can actually feed the spirits and get them angrier. I didn't know this. Now, this was new in my lexicon. Yeah. Did, I, I, that blew my mind. And, yeah. and, and I've never actually sat down and talked to a, a psychic about it. Is there such a thing as, um, as a positive talisman like salt or sage turning negative that's supposed to be positive? Have you, have you run into something like that in the psychic world? No, I've, I've never experienced that at all. And, you know, I have to tell you that there are so many people out there and like, you know, the Legion of Exorcists and this and that and the other and so on and so forth. And these people are operating basically off of dogma, tradition, and ritual. Mm-hmm. And the problem comes when they begin to state these things as a matter of fact, when in fact they're not. And I'll give you a, an anecdote, an illustration of that here in a moment. And everything they operate from operates from a position of fear. And another thing that I've noticed over the years is among all the quote-unquote exorcists and the demonologists and the this and that and the other, whatever, the interesting thing is their supposition, all of them, is that 
if demons exist, they're way more powerful than we are, way more evolved, way more advanced. They're able to manipulate matter, thought, energy, this, that, and the other, so on and so forth. Why then do we think that we would have anything that would control these superior beings in the first place? Okay. Uh, if we wave a feather and go, boo, go away, how do we think that that's going to scare this incredibly powerful, infinite being that's way more evolved, way more advanced than we are? So I've never bought that. Um, the other thing is, and one of the uh, proofs, if you will, that uh, demonologists and exorcists and so on and so forth use is that, oh man, I there was this little slight woman and the spirit came on her and, and she talked strange and she became violent and it took six grown men to hold her down. She was a little bitty slight woman. That's proof of demonic energy and demonic power possessing this woman. When I was young, I've always read full-time in addition to whatever other jobs I had until I finally just read full-time, and that was it. That was all I did. But I had a job at a state school where there were people that were mentally retarded and had mental illness, and some of them were dual diagnosis. So they were exceedingly dangerous. Mm -hmm. And in going into this job, we had this two-week training session. Part of this training was we had to learn state-approved holds to get a hold of these people that were launching off and becoming violent and going crazy and trying to hurt people and get a hold of them without harm to them or harm to ourselves and get them calmed down. So we had to act out in our training. Okay. And the, the instructors told us, okay, when it comes your turn, you are going to absolutely with every bit of strength that you can possess act out and try and tear up the room and hurt these people and do everything else possible to just become the Tasmanian devil in a whirling dervish. And then the rest of us as part of this training have to come in without harm to you or ourselves and restrain you to this episode passes. Guess what? A normal, sane, sound little woman undergoing this training. How many guys, how many grown men would it take to hold her down when she was thrashing with all her might? Six grown men. So I begin to learn through this process, you know, look, and then you watch TV, you watch the, uh, uh, the cop shows, you watch the, the uh, court shows, you watch the live cam shows, and you see these big, huge, gigantic, strapping, burly policemen. These guys look like linebackers. Mm -hmm. And there's some little small woman. And she's pissed off about something and she's going nuts and she's shaking the paper in everybody's hand, the paces and, and yelling and by God, you and you've done me wrong and this isn't right. And they're like, man, just leave, man, just leave. I ain't going to leave. And she turns on them and here it goes. And she goes after these big, huge linebacker cops. And in the videos, it takes three, four, five big, huge linebacker cops to come get this little woman and get her subdued and either put her in jail or get her out of there. Okay. <laughs> so we have all this crazy nonsense that we equate. It's a false equivalency. And we equate that, you know, with what's, what's really happening and what's going on. So, you know, the, the things that we see, uh, we misconstrue and we misinterpret and we view everything through the eyeglasses 
of dogma, tradition, and ritual instead of going and saying, okay, let me strip all that away and let's figure out what the truth is here. And then that's where we have to go. That's what we have to examine. And that's what we have to deal with. And unfortunately, the people that are out there now, the shows that are out there now, it's entertainment value. It's to spook people, scare people, titillate people, and put butts in the seats in front of the TV so that advertising revenue increases. And that's all it is. It is not a realistic view of interaction with the other side. It just simply isn't. Very true. I mean, well, yeah. in, in the end, you got to make money if you're if you're. You know, that's it. That's it. That and as we have noticed here this year, one of the biggest in the industry got called out for faking things on his show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yep. So there you go. There you go. Uh, let's get back to the book here. The the um, yeah. there's some interesting things here. Um, one of the things I I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a controversial take here. Are you ready? You bet. Okay. Let's go. Are you strapped in? I love it. The pronunciation of tarot. Tarot. <laughs> That's right. You say tarot. It seems like the the fancy way to say it is tarot. Everyone tarot. is saying tarot. Or tarot. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's not tarot. It yeah, may be a, yeah. It may be there a There have carrot. been people that have pronounced it who, tarot. Who, who is saying and, tarot? In all kinds of ways. And, and like I write in the book, that's one of the things, believe it or not, that I get most asked most often as a psychic. How do you pronounce this? Who, and it's like, who, I don't care. Who is, <laughs> Just pronounce who is, it. It doesn't matter. I say tarot because that's what I grew up with. That's what I learned. I don't care if you say uh, tarot or tarot or tarot or tarot. Or, <laughs> I don't so, care how you pronounce it. So how do you say it officially, John? I say it tarot. You say tarot? Okay. I say tarot, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, because that, that, that's how I, I was corrected as saying it that way back in 2006. I, I right. was used to say tarot, but no, there's a no, it's tarot. Tarot, yeah. Uh, so that's how I, <laughs> I started saying it back in 2006. And I say sometimes tarot. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. depends on who I'm talking to, the mood I'm in, and how many bourbons I've had. So. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the tarot cards, the tarot cards, tarot cards, <laughs> um, you you point out something very astutely with with tarot cards, uh, right, right. That it is truly the the person manipulating the card, so to speak, not the card itself. Why do we put so much weight into what the cards say? Well, I do point out that I do believe the cards have an intrinsic energy and value inherent to them. Okay. Uh, the analogy that I give is uh, if you, if, when I was growing up, when I was a kid, we were poor and I had all these old beater junker cars, just one used beater after the other that barely ran. But I began to notice something. If I took that old beater and I spent the afternoon washing it and waxing it and vacuuming it out and cleaning the windows really, really well that for a week or two, it actually literally ran better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy cow. And I said, maybe this is just me. And I asked my friends, I said, I got something strange to ask you, but, and they were like, no, we, we've noticed that too. So then I began to develop this concept or understand this concept that things have an intrinsic 
intelligence or energy or soul or spirit or whatever. Now, bear with me there, because, look, I'm not saying it's a human intelligence. Right. I'm just saying it's an intelligence and energy and understanding, something that's there. My little dog's so smart that we have to spell in front of him, and now he's learned to spell. <laughs> so we can no longer spell because even now we spell and it goes nuts. So that's an intelligence. It's not a human intelligence, but right. it's an intelligence. Right. So I've always maintained that things like crystal balls, tarot cards, dowsing rods, so on and so forth, have an inherent inherent ability or energy or an intelligence or whatever. So on their own, they possess that. And then we come along and it's a tango. We have our abilities and we merge with that ability and it creates yet another thing, another form of something that we can do, that we can manipulate, that we can gain information from, that we can change our environment with. So I, I think all things have these uh, these abilities, these inherent abilities or energies. If I come along and, as you put it before, I'm dead as a stone, and then you come along and you've got much more considerable abilities than I have, and we're playing with the same deck, which right. has its intrinsic ability, am I bound to cast different cards than you are and maybe change somebody's future? No, um, it's, we, we all go through this learning curve and the other side kind of has some firewalls in place, if you will, some checks and balances in place that if you're serious about gaining spiritual knowledge and exercising spiritual power, the other side is going to be watching over you and they're going to see what you're going to do with the things that you're learning and the tools that you have. And they're, they're going to, uh, they're going to watch over that so you don't mess things up, okay. number one. And number two, the rare occasion happens where somebody that's a neophyte comes along and the other side just throws out a really uh, phenomenally powerful, easy-to-read thing for them that's really accurate for whoever they're reading for, and it really clicks and it really works. Mm -hmm. And that should be impetus to say, okay, I've got to study this. I've got to work at this. I've got to get good at this. I've studied my entire life, 50 plus years, and I've never stopped studying. I've never stopped working at it. But, um, you know, the, uh, the neophyte can get that, that little bit of boost or luck or whatever it is, but that doesn't continue. Then you got to work for that. Then you got to move forward with that. And then that's why you go to somebody that has more experience, such as myself, and you can say, well, you know, I was doing this reading and I felt this and it turned out wrong. And I, well, what happened here? And I can tell you, OK, this is this is where you went wrong. This is what happened. So it's a, it's it's a, it's a wonderful thing, this learning and the spiritual experience and experimenting with all these things, because it's this tremendous growth process and this opportunity for this marvelous connection with the universe, with the cosmic forces, with the other side, with our spirit guides, with our guardian angels. And it can lead us to really marvelous places. Like for myself, my life has literally, not figuratively, but literally been saved many times because of my interaction and listening to my guardian angels. And that's in this book. That's where I want to take everybody. I want to get everybody there and say, look, you may not become a professional psychic. You may not you know, go out and heal the masses and you may not change this and that at will, but it's going to make your life better if you apply it and you're going to live better. You're going to be guided. Well, 
You're going to understand things better. You're going to be able to influence and manipulate some things to your benefit. And that's the goal. That's the thing. I want to ask you a question about whether you can misinterpret your intuition. Because I think, uh, you know, there's times where we fight. We we consciously fight against our intuition, and sure. and yeah. and now a lot of times we will we will fight our intuition when it comes to things like uh, greed. Okay, so yeah. so yeah. we know we got a business deal. We our intuition's telling us, mm, you know what? I don't think that that's the deal. Not that we so want. good. Yeah, not so yeah. good. We're probably in yeah. trouble if we take that deal. But yep. you know what? I really want this deal. I really think I can right. do it. I think right. I can make it something. So we take it anyways. Yep. Um, things like that. When it's it comes- not so much that we can't discern our intuition or that we can't find or listen to our intuition. It's that we subjugate our intuition. Because like you were saying, oh, man, you know, I, I know this may not be the best thing, but in the short term, I can make a ton of money here real quick. And then I can get on down the road to something else. And your intuition is going, no, 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 no. So our problem becomes not that we can't access it, not that we can't listen to it and understand it, but that we battle it with our egos. Because with our ego, you know, well, here's this gal over here, and she's five, six, and she's got a few extra pounds. And she's not the sophisticated whatever, but you know, intuitively, this gal is going to have your back forever. She's Mm going to be perfect in bed. She's going to be perfect in life. She's going to be perfect on the porch swing and everything else sitting out and watching the sunset. But over here, here's this five nine, five, nine gal. And man, super curvaceous and and blonde, blue eyed and all this and all that magnetic personality. and, And that's, what I think I should want, and your intuition is telling you no, because that's a flash in the pan. It's really hot. It's really good looking. It's what everybody wants. But this gal over here is what you need. Yeah. And so it becomes an ego process. And we have to learn that the other side is going to guide us not to what necessarily we want, but to what we need. And that's where the the frustration comes in, in all of this and listening to our intuition, listening to our spirit guides, receiving guidance. And, I, you know, people will go to 5, 10, 15 different psychics until they find one that tells them what they want to hear. You know, um, I had uh, and two examples of that. Way back decades ago, I uh, was, uh, was uh, sponsored, paid to go to this private uh, meeting uh, in Dallas-Fort Worth, and uh, I held this for a select group of people. And one of the people that came to me was the costume designer for Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh. So we were doing the reading, and uh, she we got through the reading. She read it was a great reading. She said, you know, she said, we all do this every day. And I'm like, what? She said, me and the, and the people in the office Every day we go, okay, it's lunchtime. Let's go see another new psychic. Who are we going to go see today? 
And I was like, you're kidding me. She said, no, we just do it for fun. She said, your reading has been real. It's been really great. But we just do this for fun. We just go to some new psychic. Every time there's a new psychic, we go see a new psychic. I was like, oh, my God. And then this this other lady I had as a client, she told me one time as we were doing a reading, and I kind of questioned her about something that I had told her. And I was, it was, things were like a little hinky there. And my radar went off. And I, was, I started talking to her about this. She had, including me, six or eight different psychics. She had a psychic she used for her money. She had a psychic she used for her love life. She had a psychic she used for vacations and travel. She had a, I was like, my God, no wonder you're confused. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's, it's essential that we get down to the, to the meat and potatoes of finding the person that works for us, that is accurate for us, that we can relate to, and that our intuition works together well with, and you stick with that. You don't go shopping around for entertainment. You don't go shopping around for joy or for kicks or whatever. Oh, look, a new psychic just opened up on Third Street. Let's go. You don't do that. And the problem is out in the spiritual realm, and I've bitched about this my entire life, is not only are there a lot of fakes and frauds and phonies out there, and I'm writing about that in the new book and how to avoid those, but there are people that approach readings. They may have a little bit of legitimate ability, mm-hmm. a little bit of legitimate talent, but they approach readings through the glasses of what they were taught or their particular religious viewpoint or spiritual or psychic viewpoint or paranormal viewpoint. And then everything they tell you is going to come filtered through that instead of what the other side tells you. I tell my clients, you may not like my readings because I'm not going to tell you what you want. I'm going to tell you what the other side gives me for you that you need. And I'm going to deliver it to you the exact way they tell it to to me to give it to you. And that's what you're going to get. And that's what you need to look for when you get a psychic reading. And that's what you need to look for when you interact with your own intuition is "Mm, I'd rather have this gal over here, but my intuition is telling me this gal is going to have my back for the rest of my life. We're going to be happy. We're going to have a great time together. This is the deal I want over here with all the money and this and that, even though the guy's a little shady and my intuition is telling me, no, 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 wait six months and something really good is going to connect with you. And so it's a constant battle between the ego and our temptations against the intuition. And that's the only real problem we have that it's not a problem to listen to our intuition, get that guidance. The problem is subjugating our ego to that guidance. Yeah. Let me ask you this, John, and and this is the last question I'll ask before break here, is this. Can someone become so wrapped up in seeing different psychics for different things that they lose their own intuition? They become so dependent on a psychic or a medium that that's just it? They lose their intuition altogether? Absolutely. And it's not so much as a loss as it is a a subjugating. You, You throw a blanket over it. And you can't hear it anymore because you're hearing all these other divergent voices. And you got one voice telling you this, you got one voice telling you that, you got one voice telling you the other. And before we go to break real quick, let me get this in if I can. I had a, uh, a client, two clients. They were a couple of ladies that came to me and they, they always told me, they said, when we want the real answer, the honest to God truth, who are we going to go to? John Russell. And I was like, I appreciate that because I always tell people how it is. Mm-hmm. So they, they sent me a friend of theirs for a reading. 
And I told this lady, I said, um, your marriage with your husband is over. I said, it's, it's done and gone and, and you need to get on down the road and acknowledge that. So we went on through the reading and I told her that several more times. And, uh, she seemed very pleased with the reading. She didn't seem upset. She asked me, she said, are, are you really sure about this? This is what you're really saying. And I said, yes, it is. So we got through the reading and then here, I guess a few weeks later, uh, my, my two women friends, uh, when we need the truth, we go to John, they called me and they said, uh, we got to talk to you about this gal's reading. I said, you know, I can't do that. The readings are confidential. No, no, no. We're going to tell you what transpired, what she said. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, whatever. So they said, when she got through with your reading, she called us and she was livid. And I said, what? I said, with, with me, she was perfectly calm, perfectly happy, satisfied with the reading and, and blah, blah, blah. And she said, no, no, no. So that she called us and she was like, this guy's just got to be wrong. My marriage is not on the rocks. It's going to be safe. And she said, John, we counted. This is not an exaggeration. We literally counted. And she went to 15 different psychics, 15. And all of them told her, no, 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 no. This guy was wrong. Your husband's going to come back. He's going to change your mind. His mind. Your marriage is going to be saved. It's not on the rocks. Everything's fine. And they said, John, he filed for divorce this week. <laughs> oh. So there is the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. Yep. And then they're shopping around. Did you hear somebody that'll tell you what you want to hear? Yeah. And that's when your life gets in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh. Yeah, and with that, we'll uh, we'll start to head to break here. The book is 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities. Our guest is John Russell. When we come back, we'll talk to you a little bit about some of the things that you can start to work on and some of the things that, let's just say, are, um, are things that are not so psychic but are everyday things that can help you, even if you think you're not psychic or don't have a psychic bone in your body, one of them has just to do with everyday healing. I want to talk to, to uh, John about some things that, uh, let's just say, some of us who are a little, um, how should we put it, uh, health-challenged can get into. And, uh, and start, Good description. Yeah, health-challenged uh, can, can, uh, can do right away to, uh, to, to uh, help improve our lives. We'll put it that way. John Russell is our guest. When we come back, we'll talk about what we can do to just start getting our lives better uh, for the back half of 2023. When we come back, you're listening to the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. But first, folks, when we come back, more with John Russell, 20 ways to increase your psychic abilities. It's coming up next with John Russell right here on Darkness Radio. Welcome back to the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. Our guest is John Russell, psychic medium author of the book, 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities. So, John, uh, before the break, I teased that 
even if you don't have a psychic bone in your body, there are some psychic things you can do to improve your life on the back half of 2023. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one of those things is just plain healing. I know yeah. uh, both you and I have had some issues in 2023. Um, yep. What's one of those things that we can do to, to kind of keep ourselves healthy, even when we're not feeling so well? Well, you know, I think the main thing that I try and stress to my clients and stress to everyone in the interviews and, and in my books is you have to find out what's unique to you. And then you got to practice that. Now, what do I mean by that? I have a diet regimen <laughs> and a drinking regimen that would probably kill most of the average people <laughs> on the planet. It works for me. Okay. My doctors are astounded. My blood tests are always textbook normal. My other tests are always textbook normal. They're, they're great tests for a healthy person in their 20s, and they're like, and I'm going to be 70 next year. Mm -hmm. And they just shake their heads, and they just don't understand how it's possible. Well, the first thing I do, I found out what works for me diet-wise, and I do that. So that's we're, we're all kind of an experiment of one in that regard. So it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. You kind of have to find out what works for you, and then you practice that, regardless of what some guru on TV says or what some diet doctor or some health expert, quote-unquote, says. You find out what works for you, and you practice that. The next thing that you can do, there's a lot of things that we can do to help manifest better health for ourselves. Meditation yoga, whatever exercise we can do, whether it's bicycle riding, swimming, running, whatever, weightlifting. Uh, you know, one of the greatest things we can do for ourselves is to stay in motion. Yeah. And then beyond that, uh, you know, the, the people tout all kinds of supplements and this and that and the other. People need to understand. Now, use what works for you, yeah, but you need to understand just because something is, quote, unquote, natural, doesn't mean it's safe. Mm -hmm. There are natural things in the world that are from nature. They're not man-made. They don't have anything added to them. They don't have any chemicals or preservatives or whatever that I cannot use because of my particular heart condition. Yeah. If I were to ingest these things, I'd be in the ER. I'd be in the emergency room. Yep. So we have to understand that. Yep. We have to look at things that, and, and we can't look for, the magic pill, the magic bullet, the magic button, the magic wand. You know, there are just certain things that we have to deal with on this planet. We're in these biomechanical machines, and we have to figure out, okay, what works for me in this biomechanical machine? And these biomechanical machines are subject to certain things, whether we like it or not. Just like the law of gravity, you may disagree with it, go jump off a building, you're going to go splat. Okay? <laughs> Very true. Now, Beyond these things, there are spiritual healing techniques and methods that we can use, and I touch on this in my book. And one of the greatest books that I have found for this, there's a book I recommend in my book, and uh, the title of it is The Art of True Healing. And I've recommended this book forever today, and I use the techniques in this book, and it's one of the things that's kept me going throughout the years. So there are things that we can do, and people say, well, you know, is this something that just is, is makes me adopt a positive attitude or positive outlook or, or energizes my chakras or makes me feel better or makes me optimistic? No, 
The technique in this book, if you do it correctly and apply it correctly, has to do with spiritual healing for physical conditions. Mm -hmm. And I had a, uh, a client call me that had a long, long, long story short. We, we won't go into the length of it because it is rather lengthy, but this client called me that had stage four cancer, been told by her doctor, to, oh, you've got two weeks, go home, get your affairs in order, mm -hmm. and called me to learn how to die. Oh, wow. And so I told them, I said, well, number one, I don't see that it's your time to die. Mm -hmm. Number two, the other side tells me for you to use the regimen of this book, Art of True Healing, the middle pillar exercise, told me uh, to tell them how often to use this, how many times a day, and for what length. And I said, if you'll do this for six months, your hair, your weight, your appetite will be back. You'll be back to work. If you continue with what the other side has given me for you, in a year's time, you'll be completely free. So in six months, they called me. They said, my hair's back, my weight's back, my appetite's back, I'm back at work. And I said, now remember, the other side told me that you got to do this for a year. And if you do that, you'll be okay. So at the end of the year, they called me back and said, John, I would have given my eye teeth if you could have been in the doctor's office with me. Because here's this man that sent me home a year ago with two weeks to live, go home and die. And he came in, he sat down, and he just stared at me for a long time. And I'm like, what? And he said, we have run every test on you known to man. And he said, not only do you not have cancer, you don't have any markers left in your blood to indicate that you ever had cancer. So spiritual healing for physical illnesses is possible and that's what i want to get across to people get people to have faith get people to understand all healing begins in the mind what if what if what's john saying is right what if this book could work for me mm -hmm. what if let's try it yeah and then you go from there everything begins in our minds everything begins with that acceptance so that's one of the things that we can do to focus on healing and i told this person i said look you're going to have days that you're going to have a step forward and three steps back and you're going to curse God. You're going to curse John Russell. You're going to curse your husband. You're going to curse everybody on the planet. You're going to curse the doctor. That's fine. That's good. Do it. Next day, get up, get back to the regimen, get back to the healing. And at some point, it gathers momentum and it, it gains force and it gains power and it'll work. And she took it to heart and she did it. And voila, there you go. So that's one of the things that we can do. I know uh, in past years, I've been a huge proponent of Diamond Dallas Page and, and his DDP yoga program. And one of the things that Dallas uh, really focuses on, and he tells people, he said, you know what? I'm not a yay, rah, rah, positivity type of guy, but he preaches yeah. positivity. And he says, exactly. you know, you can put your, your best foot forward and one foot forward and be yeah. positive without being over the top positive. Exactly, exactly. And the way he puts it is this. And I, I recently told this to a friend who was going through a tough time. Mm -hmm. I said, if you wake up in the morning and you say, today, I'm okay if I just get up and I breathe. Yeah. If I just yeah. get up and get through the day and I breathe. And that's at the it. end of the day, I say, you know what? I made it. I made it. Yeah. I made it. And you can and pat yourself That's a lot of it. You know, and, and we all face struggles and obstacles and difficulties. And that makes us want to give up. And it makes us think we're doing something wrong or it makes us think we have a curse or dark forces or demons around us or whatever. Look, you can be on this planet doing the right thing for your life in the right place at the right time 
and you're still going to have obstacles. You're still going to have difficulties. You're still going to have problems to overcome. That is the way of this planet. Mm-hmm. And what you do, I, I saw the most beautiful thing on Facebook today. It said, if you got up and you, all you had to give was 40% today, not 100%, all you could give was 40%. But you gave that 40%, you gave 100%. That's right. And that's true. And that's what we have to think every day. Every day we have to get up. And one of the things that keeps me going, my wife tells me, it's so funny. She looks at me and she goes, you know, in spite of all the health, I've had more health problems than anybody on the planet going back to a kid. If I give you the list of everything that's wrong with me, none of you believe it. And my wife told me one day, she said, you know, you're going to outlive all of us. <laughs> and I said, you're probably right, because here's my thing. And this is what I encourage everybody to do. Get up every day and fight. Mm-hmm. Get up every day and believe. Mm-hmm. Get up every day. It doesn't matter how you feel. Keep going. Realize, OK, I feel like crap today. I'll feel better tomorrow. That's right. Get up and strive. Get up and, and do everything for yourself that you can. Have a goal. Have a purpose. Have a meaning. Keep striving, keep going, keep fighting. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. I don't care if the doctor comes to you and says you got a week to live. Screw you. I'm going out and having a good meal. I'm having a drink. I'm going watching a movie. I'm living. I'm going on. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of my favorite uh, scriptures, not that I'm a big Bible supporter, believe in the Bible, even though I'm an ordained minister and was an associate pastor of a small church for a while. But one of my favorite scriptures in there is, I shall not die, but live and sing praises to my God. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell myself all the time. It's like, look, I, no, no, no. I ain't going down. I ain't dying. I may be sick today, but I'm going to be well tomorrow. I may have problems today, but I'm going to be well tomorrow. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trucking. And in a sense, you have to become selfish, not to the point that you take advantage of other people or exclude other people, but you have to say, I got to go meditate now. I got to go pray now. I got to go work on my healing now. Yep. I got to do this thing. I got to do that thing. Yep. If you're going to be successful in anything, you have to be a little selfish. If you're going to be an artist, you got to tell your friends, yeah, I'd like to go to the bar with you, but I got to go home and paint. I got to get these paintings. I'll get ready for this gallery show. As a writer, as an author, I, I tell my wife, I, I got to go in my office and my butt down right. This book ain't going to get published by itself. I got to put the words in there. Yep. You have to be a little selfish. You have to take care of yourself. Yep. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anyone else. That's right. And that's one of the most important lessons we have to learn. That's right. That's right. And I encourage people to, uh, you know, you're, you're listening to a couple guys right now who, uh, let's face it, we're, we're both beat up. We're both yep. beat up, but we're both Big putting time. our, our yep. best foot forward every single day. And, and yep. we don't look for accolades for it. But um, if you need an example, you got two right in front of you. That, you got that, two uh, right in front of you. That's yep. right. That, that are just trying to put the best foot forward that's uh, every single day. And, that's, and you just keep going. You just it. keep going. And you don't listen to the naysayers and you don't listen to the doomsayers and you don't listen to the negative voices. You know, you say, hey, no, what if? What if I can feel better? What yeah. if I can be healed? What if I can keep going? Yeah. What if I can conquer this? Mm-hmm. You know, what if there's some tools and techniques out there I can find, I can learn, and I can overcome this? Mm-hmm. That has to be your mindset. That's right. That's right. And there's, there's always hope in every single corner. Whenever you turn the corner, there's always some hope somewhere. Absolutely. 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 Um, let's go through some, some more of the things out there that, that uh, you can change every single day. Here's one that I find intriguing because I hear this all the time from different friends, from different listeners, 
from from people all around the world, John, and it's this. Oh, Tim, everywhere I look, I just can't seem to find anybody. Nobody loves me. I just, oh, you know, I've been at yep. this for so long. Yep. That perfect person is nowhere to be found. I don't, I'm just exactly. destined to be alone. Yep, yep. I have a chapter in my book for you. It's called The Way to Attract the Perfect Mate. And this is something that the other side taught me and that I've talked to my clients over the years. And the first thing that we need to understand, Tom Cruise, MF, handsome, muscular, rich, smart son of a gun, blockbuster action hero, does all his own stunts, just a god in the flesh. Nicole Kidman, gorgeous, sexy, beautiful, wealthy, smart. They couldn't hold that marriage together. Nope. So we have to understand, look, relationships are difficult. You say, well, if I had his money, if I had her looks, if I had their opportunities, if I had their abilities, no, because they had it and they couldn't hold it together. Yeah. Okay. So we have to understand, number one, relationships are hard, period, end of discussion. Relationships are hard. They're difficult to come by. They're hard to keep. They're hard to, to maintain and sustain. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that. We got to get out of the mindset of the Disney movie that we watched when we were a kid that Prince Charming comes along and the princess looks at him and, oh, their eyes lock and their hearts flutter and boom, happily ever after. That does not exist. Yeah. Okay. We have to get out of that mindset. We have to understand that relationships are hard. Romance is hard. Attracting the right person is hard. And then in my book, I tell you exactly how to go about doing this. The first part of it is knowing yourself. We think we know ourselves. We don't know ourselves. We have no clue who we are. If I were to take 10 people and ask them, what's the number one defining thing that you've got to have in a relationship for that relationship to work? Love. Okay. And if I take each one of those 10 people, take them off in a separate room and ask them individually, how do you know you're loved? Well, she's waiting in a negligee and some high heels when I come home from work and, and boom. The next person says, oh, I come in, there's dinner on the table. Boom. The third person comes in and says, you know, we, we plan things special to get them. All these different definitions of how I know that I'm loved, how I feel that I'm loved. So we have to know ourselves first and foremost. How do I know when I'm in a relationship where I feel loved and where the love I want to give is, is accepted? What's the circumstances and the conditions for that? Write that down. Understand that. Get in touch with that. Be real about that. Another thing I teach people is, if we're honest, we all have that height, weight, eye color, hair color. We all have that range. Mm-hmm. Be honest with yourself. If blue eyes and blonde hair turn you on, don't date gals that are brown-eyed and dark-haired. Don't do it. <laughs> Be honest to yourself. Be true to yourself. Work through these parameters and learn yourself and deal with these things. And then I, I go through the whole gamut in, in teaching people how to do this. And it's religion, religious compatibility, political compatibility, financial compatibility, 
physical compatibility, not just sex, but do you like to hike? Do you like to camp? Do you like to bicycle race? Do you like to run? Blah, 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 blah. There's all these things that we have to consider, and we don't. We go to the bar. We see this hot gal. I'm speaking from a guy perspective, but vice versa. We see this hot gal. We go, oh, look at that. Look at that. Oh, hot dang. And this gal's the absolute diametric opposite of what we need in our lives. Yeah. But we've got that attraction. We've got that mindset. We've got that thing. So the first thing I do is teach people how to learn yourself, how to know yourself, how to know what you really do want and what you really do need. And so that's where it begins. And then I teach you in this book how to construct that. And then I explain to you why it works. We spend our entire life programming ourselves. And we have this mindset of, I have to have this, or I want this, or I need that, or society says I need this, mom and dad said I should look for this type of person, blah, 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 blah. And what we have to do is get past all of that, get down to the real nitty gritty, and I tell you step by step how to do that in the book. And then once we get to that nitty gritty, we utilize a technique to reprogram ourselves so that we reprogram not only our subconscious and conscious minds, so that we begin to attract those qualities that we truly, really won't need, but we also change the energy that's around us, the aura, the energy that we exude, so that we begin to attract and mesh with the right kind of people. It's as easy as that, and it's as hard as that, but that's how you do it. There's one thing, too. Um, before you begin to attract that person, that's really important, and I, I want to stick the landing on this deal, and that is the list of compromises. Yeah. What you yeah. will compromise. Exactly. That's one thing that isn't done in today's relationships. Right. It's me, me, I want, this has to be this, this person has to do this, they have to fill exactly. this, they have to do exactly. that. But I never hear people say, but I'm willing to do this. To compromise. Yeah. That's right. And I tell people in the book, I say, look, when you're making that list of compromises, and we both have to compromise in a relationship. And when you're making that list, be honest with that list. Don't be afraid that you're going to lose the five, nine, blonde-haired, blue-eyed beauty if you stick to this compromise, because otherwise it's going to come back to bite you in the butt. Yeah. And you have to be honest about the compromises. And I teach you how to do that in the book. But you're exactly right. We have to compromise, but we have to compromise in a realistic way. Yeah. And if your compromise is something that's causing you heartache and grief and sorrow, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. At the same time, if you're inflexible and unyielding and unwilling to help the other person meet their needs and experience what they need to emotionally, then you're doing it wrong. So in this book, I teach you how to do that. We get around all those situations. I tell you how to do it and how to put it into practice. And I think it's going to help a lot of people if they will practice it. And, you know, all the way through, they find their perfect man. There you go. There you go. Let me ask you this, and this is kind of an offshoot of, of finding that perfect mate. You talk right. about candle magic in yes. this particular book. One of the things that, that I've heard about in the past is a love spell with candles. Do you right. talk right. about that in candle magic? You know, I, I talk about how to utilize candle magic to change life circumstances, to make your life better and to do things. You can do that, but you have to realize in using any type of magic, you have to know yourself. And one of the examples I give in my book is that let's say you're going to use candle magic to increase your salary 
oh, you're making 30000 you want to make $75,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So you can use candle magic to do that. So you cast the spell, and you're diligent about it. You do it exactly right, and it doesn't work. Why? Because you're an asshole that hates your customers, and you're rude, and you have no patience, and you're a jerk. You can do candle magic from now till the cows come home. It's not going to affect things in a positive way till you change who you are. (laughs) So you've got to realize, oh, well, maybe the candle magic I need to be doing here is I need to focus on myself and on positive change for who I am and what I am and get to the point that I actually care for my customers and their needs. And I actually want to serve them. And then when you've done that, boom, now go cast the magic for, I want to make 75 grand this year, and that'll become realistic. But we have these short circuits built in when we use utilize magic. If we don't know ourselves and we're not true and honest with ourselves and we're not working with that, magic's going to work against that. It's going to be null and void because, look, you've got a situation here that you have to change before you can bring this other thing into being. And so I talk about that, tell you how to do that in the book as well. There's a lot of honest self-examination that you have to do when you're increasing psychic abilities, utilizing magic, working with these things. You have to be real honest with this. And I guess the last thing I want to talk about today with you, John, before we talk about the new project, because we want to get to that before we we leave people today, is people will say, you know, the most basic thing that I can think of John, when I'm sitting at home, is I've lost a loved one. Right. And even if I don't have a psychic bone in my body, I want to know at least that that I can get a sign from from out there in the universe from them. Yes. Or yes. even have them appear in a dream. It's yeah. it's either one or the other. Either they, you know, it's it's I, I see a loved one in a butterfly that flies by, or I, you know, I, I get a, a feather that drops in front of me. You're getting some sort of right. a sign. Right. Can I manifest something? Yes. What's the easiest way to manifest a sign from a loved one that's passed? You know, pay attention. Uh, there's, there's so many people that receive signs from their deceased loved ones, an aroma, um, a sound, a favorite song, uh, you know, a feather comes, comes dropping down in front of whatever, and it has a special meaning, and they discount it. They ignore it. They say, oh, that's my imagination. That's my wishful thinking. That's coincidence. Don't do that because you're short-circuiting that communication. And that communication is there if we'll take time to pause, to listen for it, to ask for it, to be receptive to it, and then to believe it and be thankful when it comes. It's there, but it's, it's a process, and we can't ignore it. We can't poo-poo it. We can't write it off to coincidence. We have to say, okay, you know, here came this aroma that I used to identify with my grandmother. And you don't say, oh, that must be a hallucination or there must be something wafting in from down the street or whatever. No, that was your grandmother's aroma that she's communicating to you. Be thankful for that. Take that and say, grandmother, thank you for being here. Thank you for communicating that to me. Thank you for letting me know that you're alive and well on the other side and you remember me and you're coming to me and you think about me and you care about me still. Thank you. And that leads to the opening of more receptivity, more experiences, and more validation that our loved ones live on and come to us from the other side. 
How do you respond to somebody who's, who says, well, I'm trying to think of the best way to give you this example. Um, say you're sitting somewhere and you're with a friend and grandma always comes by with a butter as a butterfly. And you right. think that grandma comes by as a butterfly and right. magically a butterfly comes up and sits in front of you. You're like, oh yeah. my gosh, that's grandma. That's friend, grandma. Give me a sign. Yeah. Yeah. And the friend goes, well, one butterfly is impressive, but if a second one comes up, well, then I'll believe it's grandma. See, that's our problem. That's exactly like when we do paranormal investigations and we go into a place and we set up a rim pot mm-hmm. and we go, if there's a spirit here, a being, an intelligence that can communicate with me, set the rim pot off. Bah, the rim pot goes off. Big right. time, huge, yeah, monster. Yeah, yeah. And what do we do? Do it again. 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 Can you do it again? Like a little kid, yeah. Like a little kid. Yeah. Ask for what you want to receive and believe and be grateful for it when you receive it and don't impinge on the other side's energies. People on the other side have limited energies and abilities to communicate through to us, just like we have limited energies and abilities. A guy that's just run a marathon and won the marathon, you're not going to go to him and say, hey, let's go for a jog, man. You You don't do that. you got to understand and believe uh, skeptics. If they want to see, well, I got a butterfly, but now I want three butterflies and then I'll believe. They're never going to believe. Three butterflies will come. Well, give me five butterflies. You know, it's, it's, it's unending. It goes on and on and on. So this is one of the things I'll talk about in my book, as a matter of fact, is signs and asking for signs and receiving those signs. And when you get that, accept it. Don't second guess it. Don't go back on it. Don't go off on some other course. Take that sign, believe in it, accept it, relish it, enjoy in it, and move on from there. But don't keep asking over and over and over because the other side will get tired of you. And they'll either pull back or start playing pranks on you. Yeah, I. It's a fine line, I think. You know, we we want to we, we want to make sure that what we're getting is what we're getting, but at the same time, you 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 don't want to discount what it is that you that you have. Exactly. You know exactly. You know what I'm talking. And you got to that that becomes a matter of faith. And when you go and I explain this in my book, it's like okay, I'm going to ask for a certain specific thing as a sign, and if I receive that within two days. I'll accept this job. And you leave it at that. And either that sign comes and you accept that job or the sign doesn't come. You say, okay, it's, it's not the time to move on. Yeah. And that's again, where you have to subjugate your will, your ego and all of that. And say, okay, if I'm going to ask for a sign, the other side is going to give me a sign. The answer may be no. Am I prepared to accept no? You know? Yeah. So we have to understand that and we have to accept that. The other side sees a lot further down the road than we do. And if we're going to say, hey, I I need this, I want this, but if it's not good for me, then let's don't do it. And the other side may say, no, this is not good for you right now. This is not what you need right now. I remember I had uh, my wife and I, I'd been trying to get on TV for a long time because I saw these shows and I was like, man, this is so much bunk and I'd love to get on TV and be able to present what it really is like to communicate with the other side and how it, how it really is. And I prayed for that and I prayed for that. So my wife and I went on a cruise and we came back 
And there was a letter from, I can't remember his name was either David Hockenberry or John Hockenberry. He was a guy that did like 48 hours, one of those primetime news shows on okay. TV at night that came on like at nine o'clock. So here was a letter from Hockenberry, mm-hmm. an email to me when we got back from the cruise. And it was like, I want to interview you for this show, 48 hours or whatever it was, right? Yep. I was like, oh my God, I'm jumping up down. I'll call my wife. Said, look, 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 look at this, look at this. Here's my chance to go on nationwide TV in front of hundreds of thousands of viewers and say, look, this is what it's really like. And we got down to the end of the email and we were back from the cruise three days too late to be interviewed. And I looked at the, I just, I talked to the guys on the other side. I call them my guys affectionately. And I said, guys, what in the world, man? This is what I've been hoping and praying for and wanting. and, And here, you just jerk it out from under me. What the heck? And the only thing they would tell me and the only way they would say it was just wait. You're going to be so glad you didn't get this. And I was like, what? This didn't make any sense. This is what I've been asking for. This is what I've been praying for. Here's a national opportunity to go on TV and say, look, just like 20 ways to increase your psychic abilities. Here it really is. Here's how you can improve your life. Da, 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 da. And all they would say was, just wait, you're going to be so glad you didn't get this. And I was like, oh, my God. So about two, three weeks later, on a Saturday, bright, sunny Saturday, I'm laying in bed, watching TV, flipping through the channels. And here comes Hockenberry interviewing John Edward. And I'm like, well, for Christ's sake, and I'm just yelling at my guys now. I'm saying, like, John Edwards got New York Times bestselling book. He's got a t- He didn't need this. Yeah. I need this. Yeah. What in the world? They're silent. So I raise the volume on the TV and I start watching the interview. Hockenberry does everything in his power to make John Edwards look like the biggest fraud, charlatan, phony, fake, con artist on the planet that there ever was. And I was like, oh, my God, that would have been me up there with Hockenberry. That would have been my introduction to the world. That would have been what everybody saw of me. And the guys went, told you he was going to be glad you missed this. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to understand if we're going to rely on guidance, they see further down the road than we do. We may not understand the yeses. We may not understand the noes. But if we're going to exercise faith, we have to commit ourselves to that and say, okay, I don't get it, but I'm, I'm going with it. And then down the road, we may learn the reason why we may not, yeah. but we have to keep going. We have to keep moving forward in faith. That's right. That's right. So I want to, uh, I want to talk to you about this new project, John. Oh boy. This uh, a new book. There's a new book. A new book, a new book called the crying tree and the magic rock. Now you're, you're yeah. going about it a little bit of a non-traditional way, which yeah. it's, it's, I shouldn't say it's, it's non-traditional, but it's not unheard of. Right. Now, a lot of, a lot of authors are taking a non-traditional route and they're doing self-publishing. Yeah. And what you've chosen to do is to go the GoFundMe route. Or, yeah, and, yeah. and and having a, like a Kickstarter, GoFundMe. You're going through exactly, GoFundMe, exactly. Yeah. and and you're doing different levels of funding. And and with yeah. that, if you choose to donate, you you get uh, you have a supporter level, you have an ally level, advocate, champion, and and hero level with the book. Right. Uh, and as you donate to the different levels, people get different uh, things with it. Um, exactly. And different exactly. different incentives. We'll call it different yeah, incentives. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, with their donation, um, and you've you've got a it's it's a modest goal, 
for self-publication. It's it's it only twenty five hundred dollars. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To to self. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Tim, why I've done that. I've been a self-published author all the way through, mm-hmm. and I'm glad I've done that because I don't get backlisted. I don't get remainder. Uh, I didn't have an editor come with a red pencil and go, well, I don't believe in this. I'll take this out, and we're going to publish it that way. So I didn't have to deal with any of that. I got to write it exactly as I wanted to write it, mm-hmm. and it's in print forever. So my first two books and this book that's out now, they're going to be in print forever and a day. They won't be remainder. They won't be black uh, backlisted and so on and so forth. And they represent my authenticity, mm-hmm. the truth of what I wanted to communicate and how I wanted to communicate it. The reason I went to self-publishing, now back in the day, self-publishing was bad because it was grandma's zucchini recipes, and that was typical of self-publishing. Yeah. That's not the case nowadays. There are many, many famous self-published authors. Yeah. James Patterson went to self-publishing because he said, you know what? screw these guys. I'm going to keep all this money for myself. I'm going to go publish it myself. Right. So there's a lot of, a lot of good in self-publishing now. So I went that way primarily because I sent in the first manuscript of my first book, writing with ghost angels and the spirits of the dead. I sent that to New York agents, New York publishers, and I got great feedback, really good feedback. This is good writing. Mm-hmm. Some people said it was great writing. Mm-hmm. Some people said it was really uh, compelling and then they said, but I'm scared to death of the paranormal or I believe in the paranormal, but I don't want other people in the industry to know that I believe in the paranormal or I'm not sure I believe in the paranormal. I don't want to get involved with this. After enough of that, you know, I said, you know what? This book is important enough. I got to get it out there. I'm going to publish it myself. Right. So I did that, continued forward. I was doing better financially at the time. So I put the bill for all of my books up to this point with this book. Uh, like you, and you'll understand this, having encountered a ton of medical expense yep. outside of insurance, mm-hmm. uh, I've reached the point that, okay, if we're going to get this book out, I got to have some help. Yep. And the book is definitely, definitely going to be worth getting out. This is kind of a combination between books one and two, writing with ghost angels and spirits of the dead and the knock in the attic. I talk about my paranormal experiences I go back to my childhood with a never before written about stories from my childhood and some really bizarre, strange paranormal experiences that were really incredible. I go back to paranormal experiences in the first two books and revisit those and update them. Uh, I add in stories that are current. I add in stories that are not just in your face paranormal, but if you're a spiritual person and you strive to live spiritually, this is what you can glean from this. And this is what you can learn from this. If you're observant and you live this way in this world. Okay. And I'll put in, in some of those things. So the book is almost finished. I'm nearly done with the rascal. Yeah. Oh, wow. And by the okay. end of this year, by the end of, of 2023, by December, I need to have and hope to have the money raised to pay the publisher for this. I've got to pay for uh, the book cover design. I've got to pay for the publishing, the distribution, so on and so forth. And truthfully, right now, I just don't have it. And so I'm counting on people to come forward. People are starting to begin to come forward Mm -hmm. and contribute to that. So I'm asking the people to donate that. If you've liked my books in the past, you've read them, you've liked them. If you've got a reading with me, you like what I do. If you've listened to my podcast, 
There's been over 140 podcasts in the past couple of years. If you listen to those, you've liked what you've heard. I need your help now. I need your assistance in getting this out. So that's that's why the uh, the request there. Well, there you go. And we'll have a link in the description of this program so you can click on on the GoFundMe. And if, right. Uh, right. if you'd like to contribute to uh, John's new book, The Crying Tree and the Magic Rock, by all means, you can. Yeah. And hopefully that's going to be out. If we get the funding, that'll be out in early 2024, hopefully at least by March, which will be my 70th birthday. So that'll be kind of a celebration there. And in the meantime, the first two books are still available at all major booksellers online. And the new book is literally hot off the press. It's been out less than a month. And uh, that's available right now. And people really enjoy that. 20 ways to increase your psychic abilities that we've been talking about during this podcast. That's right. With a forward by JV Johnson. So 20 yeah. ways to increase your psychic abilities. We have a link to that uh, in the description of the program as well. I so, appreciate it. Yeah. So you can, you can uh, click on that and get that book as well and uh, enjoy that book. And by all means, folks throw a, throw a little bit of cash uh, by John's way and let's get the crying tree and the magic rock out there. Uh, so yeah, we can enjoy that book as well. It's going to be a it's going to be a wild book. It's a it's a little bit of a departure, even above the first two books for some of the just crazy paranormal experiences in it. And I've really expanded it and then gone in directions like I say from from being a kid on up to now. Uh, there's there's things in it nobody's ever. I've never talked about these on a podcast before. I've never written about them before. Really? So there's going to be some things in there that are, are brand new and unique to this book. Well, I'll tell you, I've enjoyed the the previous books and in this book that that you're promoting now, and, oh, and thank you. I got to tell you, you that uh, I can't wait for the Crying Tree and the Magic Rock. So bless your heart, I appreciate yeah. it so much, Tim. I really do. Yeah. So that uh, again, folks, uh, links are in the description of the program. I encourage you to check out uh, the the brand new one we've been talking about: twenty ways to increase your psychic abilities, and I encourage you to go. Uh, donate to the crying tree in the magic rock and let's get it published. All yeah, right. let's do that. All yeah, right. Absolutely. John, Thank you, Tim. John Russell, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you being on the show. And uh, we got, we got lots of catching up to do my friend. We do. We do. Yeah. Listen, my brother, I appreciate you. It's always great to be back. Great interview. Great time. Appreciate the listeners and we will do it again. Yeah, absolutely. When, when the crying tree and the magic rock comes out, we'll, we'll talk about that. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. I want to thank my guest, John Russell, 20 ways to increase your psychic abilities is the name of the book. The link is in the description of this program. Also want to encourage you to, if you can donate to the GoFundMe account and uh, help with the next book. If you feel, uh, feel the urge, we'll put it that way. To donate, please do, and we'll we'll keep the cycle going of John Russell books out there, and we'll have him back for the next one. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the next one. I, I'm intrigued by the stories that should be in this one. It should be should be an interesting book, folks. This weekend's going to be a busy, busy weekend. So uh, whether you are in Michigan, uh, come say hi to me out at Michigan Paracon. I'd love to see your smiling faces. By the way, if you come by the table and you request to, to uh, talk to Beer City Bruiser, I shall uh, whip this out, so to speak. I'll uh, either have my phone or my iPad and uh, we'll dial up Beer City Bruiser if he's available so you can talk to both of us. Or if you are in the North Carolina area and you are available, go check out the incredible AML Wrestling Show 
that's going to be uh, on Sunday, August 27th. Uh, of course, you, you heard him on yesterday's show talk about Kane and Eric Redbeard and some of the other wrestlers that are going to be there. If you can't be there in person, uh, you can go to Title Match Wrestling, uh, the pay-per-view service, and watch the pay-per-view. $9.99 a month. We've got a link to it at darknessradioshow.com in the event section. Uh, you can sign up and you can watch the AML Wrestling event for just $9.99. Uh, Bruiser's producing a lot of the matches and back show vignettes for that show. Does an awesome job. So by all means, check it out. If you're a fan of Bruiser's, uh, you're going to love some of the work that he does there with AML Wrestling. Like I said, going to be a good weekend. Uh if you, if you can, check one of us or both of us out this weekend if you uh, are so inclined. Otherwise, if you're just hanging out around the house and you are so inclined, it is going to be hot around the country this weekend, especially around the south. Uh, again, I'll encourage you to take care of yourselves and each other. Make sure you check in on an elderly neighbor or an infirm neighbor, someone who may not be as fortunate as you. Maybe they might need some of your help this weekend. If you can help them do some chores or just check in on them, make sure that they are healthy and uh, getting enough to drink. Maybe uh, make sure that they aren't, you know, having troubles with a heat stroke or heat prostration. That would be greatly appreciated. Look in on one another, folks. We only have a couple weeks left of this hot weather uh, so we need to be looking out for each other, and then we'll get into fall. We can start to, you know, look after each other in different ways, in a celebratory manner. So uh, just do that for one another, folks. It's greatly appreciated, and your, your friends here at Darkness Radio would appreciate you as well if you could do that. Uh, reminder, coming into next week, uh, Parashare Stories. We need your Parashare Stories. Tim at DarknessRadio.com or go to DarknessRadioShow.com. Click on that blue button on the right-hand side of the website and you can leave us a voice note we'd appreciate that as well if you need more than the two minutes that that blue button gives you click on that blue button again and get an additional two minutes and i'll stitch those together and i'll make four minutes because i learned math in school believe it or not so do that we'll we'd love your voice notes we'd love your emails whatever you want to do there as far as true crime tuesday goes we love it when you send us those stories you're doing a great job sending us stories for dumb crime stupid criminals but i also want to know your i knew a murderer stories if you have the i knew a murderer stories you can send those in as well to tim at darknessradio.com be sure to do that as well so, be, again, Tim at DarknessRadio.com, if you have the I Knew a Murderer stories, we'd appreciate those as well. That'll do it for this week, folks. Want to thank our sponsor for this week, Factor Meals. Again, you can get 50% off Factor Meals by going to FactorMeals.com slash Darkness50, putting in Darkness50 at checkout. Check out some of the delicious meals that are there. Again, they are chef-made and fresh fresh meals delivered to your door. You can get back on your fitness goals by going to factormeals.com slash darkness50. Say 50% off your meals by doing that right now. And again, patronize our sponsors because they are putting their money where their mouth is and sponsoring the shows and keeping these shows free for you. So please do that for us, would you? 
For Beer City Bruiser, for Mally Fox, for Jessica Freeberg, I'm Tim Dennis. Thank you so much for being great listeners and continuing to listen to this program. We will see you next week for another great week of the best in paranormal and true crime programming. This is Darkness Radio.